Thanks for joining the Golf Underground. Now, the Golf Underground is made possible by Mariner Wealth, helping you navigate your financial future. Star Companies KC. Experience a more energy-efficient and comfortable home with Star's insulation services. Cowell Insurance, providing brokerage and risk management services for over 25 years. Sano Orthopedics, care plans backed by research and clinical results, tailored perfectly to individuals' needs. By The Flats KC, Kansas City's coolest apartment experience. Check them out at theflatskc.com. Bobsite Ford and Bobsite Independence Kia, where you'll score a double eagle on your next car or truck. Sheridan's Unforked, eating good and feeling good. Lewisburg Ford, nobody sells more F-150s than Lewisburg Ford. And Celebrity Greens, put a custom PGA caliber putting green in your backyard for the ultimate golf experience. Now, on to the program. ESPN Kansas City presents Golf Underground, powered by Mariner Wealth Advisor, helping you navigate your financial future. Hey, welcome to Golf Underground on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It is uh, yet another pre-major program here um, uh, with Wardo Sully here and George Brett's lovely basement. We're, we've been on quite a run, George. Quite <laughs> These a run. studios are this nice. This is the new studio, I think. It's so quick. If we're not barbecuing in the backyard like we did our last show, we're going to be down here in the basement. I feel like I should be paying you rent. You want some rent checks? No, thanks. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, did you buy dinner last night when you two went out? No, because he wanted to pay because he wanted to talk about this wedding. Really? So yeah, he got all sappy. I want to get a little insight. And what did you learn last night about Wardo's upcoming September wedding? Um, kind of quick, but she's in charge. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you I don't said, know. I said, how long do you want this thing to go? And he said, I don't know. What do you think? I said, well, like I've been to some really good weddings lately, and they're like five or ten minutes. <laughs> That's it. Does it even count as a marriage if it's five or ten minutes? You gotta yes. be like a Catholic, you like have me. To hour and change the vows and exchange the rings, and that's about it. Wow. Well, Tom, since the last time you came on the show, I I took the the nice plunge and um got got engaged. And George, she chose George to be our officiant. So we'll we'll oh. circle back on how that goes. So, Tom, if you were going to go to a wedding, do you you want a forty five minute wedding, or do you just want, especially if it's in Arizona, and it's in September, and it's going to be a hundred degrees outside? How long would you like that meeting or that wedding to go? <laughs> it is. I, I think we keep it brief. I think we just hit the high point. Ten you fifteen know, minutes. I, Ten fifteen minutes. <laughs> absolutely. I, yeah, I don't think uh, we need to get in. No, you just I do get it done. Get on to the you know get on to the fun stuff. Some good stories, some good stories about the two of them. I'm going to talk to both their parents. I'm going to talk to all their siblings. Try to get a little wow. feel for how they feel about uh, how they feel about their new coming member of the family, and um, and just tell a little story and then do the vows, and we'll call it a day. Tearjerker. I mean, you're going to try no, to bring no, up I some emotion. Cry. No, no. Right. I didn't know you could, George. Congratulations. I didn't know you were. Uh, well, it, the, uh, it cost me $63, but I paid 95 because I wanted the 8x10 certificate. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody can become a minister. Anybody oh, could. You, you, you fill out a form, you write your check, and you can marry people. <laughs> 
All right, well, let's That's do a, a for, formal introduction. This is Tom Coyne. He's the award-winning New York Times best-selling author. He's uh, he's been publishing golf stories since two thousand one. In fact, it was a um, I looked at it, it was uh, almost a year ago that Tom joined us. Um, he wrote Gentleman's Game. He's he's a recent uh, book, which uh, a course called America is doing awesome. A course called Ireland, and a course called Scotland, which made me last night as I hit up uh, Wardo and George. I said, "Listen, we we didn't plan a, a preview show for the Open. We do all the big." majors who knows anything about irish scottish and english golf and of course tom Coyne came up and, and george would you agree that um, and I, I wasn't lying when i said tom Coyne was your favorite guest over the past 12 months he was pretty good i really learned a lot yeah. hey, really wow. learned you a guys lot have had some, in fact you guys have had some pretty poor guests over the last couple of months yeah in any event, we have been in a drought <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, we've George, been, I appreciate that. That's if, very kind. If Jim Rome, Harris English, Gary Woodland, who else? Tom Watson's a drought, then I think Ozzie we're doing Smith. all right. Yeah. Jim Smith. Rome. We, yeah, <laughs> I, we've done okay, but see, yeah. still the Irishman, Tom Coyne from Notre Dame. There you go. Hey, Tom, the, Tom, I got a quick question uh, for you before we get started. I just played three days in a row at Golf Club of Chicago. You've played there, I'm sure. Did you really? Yeah, yes, have I you, have. Have you played there? I have. Isn't, yeah. that, isn't that something special? That is really special. I mean, the history there uh, with Charles Blair McDonald, you know, that's basically America's first 18-hole golf club, you know, and it's, and it's just such a special place. And, you know, to what they did with what's essentially a, a flat rectangle of a property and turned it, you know, he turned it into this, uh, using all the inspirations from Scotland, you know, just turned it into such a, a fun day. It's it's one of golf's great days. Yeah, they got the yeah, the members. No it. it was a member guest, and the members I played with, they all had that shot where they land it real short of the green and let it roll up. Oh yeah. And if oh, you yeah. and if you yeah. hit it, if you hit it a little too far, it rolls over, and it just rolls into these greenside bunkers that you can't you can't stop it. You know. Yeah. If if you look at it from the clubhouse, you think there's nothing to it, and then right. you get out there and you're like, wow. The second hole, the second hole, I hit driver four rescue, and it landed on the front of the green, and uh, it rolled up to the front of the green, and then my next putt was in the front bunker. Oh, really? I putted it. I putted it in the bunker, which I was not the only guy to do. I found out. (laughs) (laughs) So, Tom, give the give the listener a little insight on you know the difference. Obviously, the golf here in the states as you play through the air, and obviously George was alluding to you know a little bit of bump and run and land it short, let it chase. Talk a little bit about how different the golf is over there. Well, yeah. I mean, this is the week, right? We've all got to get reacclimated, reeducated on our Lynx golf. You know, you're listening to all the players talk about Lynx golf, Lynx golf. What is Lynx golf? Well, well Lynx golf literally comes from an old English word meaning hill or ridge. What, it's, what, what it means is a dune, right? So Lynx golf is, is golf that was played in the dunes, and that's where golf was first played in Scotland. And, you know, because it was land that they couldn't use for anything else. So they let folks go play their sports out there and, you know, hunt for rabbits or whatever. So you play on these sandy, rolling, no trees, windy, right by the ocean kind of golf. And, and that means that, you know, because it's sand, it's always pretty firm and fast because, you know, it'll rain, but it drains like a colander. So, and, and so with all the wind, it means you generally got to kind of play the ball low. You got to play along the ground and with the ground. So, that's what we mean when we talk about Lynx golf. And what's fun about it is, you know, it's got a real unpredictable nature to it. It's got these variables of, you know, how is your ball going to bounce? You can, you know, you can get a four iron to run as far as a driver sometimes, you know, depending on what the wind's doing. 
Um, and you can lay them 50 yards short of a hazard, but, you know, if you get a couple bounces, you can end up in it. So there's, it's, what I love watching it is I love to see professional golfers who typically play conditions that are, that are sort of tailored to what they do well to have to go over and play a game full of all these variables, full of all these, you know, they're going to get bad breaks. And, and that's, it's a great week to watch it, watch the golf, watch the Open Championship and see who's going to deal with the bad breaks the best. Yeah. Hey, so so this week's championship is at Royal St. George's. In your trip around Scotland, did you get a chance to play Royal St. George's? Well, it's certainly funny you should mention, of course, called Scotland. The great, no better way to get in the mood for, for the Open than to read that book because I do read the, uh, I do visit, I, I play courses in Scotland, but I, on the way I play the whole Open Rota, which would be the, the rotation of all the courses to, to ever host the, the, the Open Championship, British Open, whatever you like to call it. And so, yeah, I went down, I actually started, I flew into London when I first started the trip and went down to Kent, the southeast of England, and played St. Ports and Princes and Royal St. George's, which are the three open venues. The only current one where they still play it is Royal St. George's. And so I did play it, and I'll tell you, it, it, I, I, I absolutely loved it. I think it, it had way more intrigue than I expected. Uh, some of the open courses can kind of feel a little sort of out and in, a little bit flat, a little bit subtle. Royal St. George's has some real big, has some real obvious kind of quirks and blind shots, massive bunkering uh, on a couple tee shots, and it actually it moves sort of in a circle uh, versus the out and in. So you're going to see play, you're going to get different wind on every shot, on every hole, um, which, I mean, it's one of those courses you get out there and you start moving around and you can kind of get lost a little bit. I think I probably did. And uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a different experience with your mind and, and it's going to be, I think it's a great venue. I think it's it's one of the certainly best in England for sure. What did you think of Brooksy's comments? I don't know. Did you get, uh, get a chance to see his press conference yesterday where they asked him? I did. Person? I did. Brooksy fashion for the listeners, if you can get to see it. You know, his little swag, his little cocky arrogance said, I don't like the course. <laughs> right? He said, I don't no, like the course. No, did he really? Yeah. For hey, what the reason? Guy, the, didn't he a little bit, Tom? I mean, he didn't hide it that much. I, I think, he, you know, to come out and say, you know, it's not my favorite. And the way he said it, um, I wasn't a big fan of that. Let's be honest. I, 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 I mean, I'll be honest. I, I, to stand there in front of the Royal St. George's members, the membership, the people who have turned their golf course over over to the RNA for this championship, who are hosting, who are so proud to show up the course to the world, who've been working on it for years to get it ready, and then, you know, for – you know, a major champion to stand up there and say, I don't really care for the golf course. It's not my favorite. Um, it's just, I don't know, man. Could you just do it differently? I get it. Like, I get it. He does his Brooks thing and he's got his chip on his shoulder and maybe that gets him motivated and all that stuff. But that for me was almost like, you know, it's just like Brooks, I'm kind of over it, you know? Yeah. Um, the, the Brooks thing, I'm kind of, I get it. Uh, you got to get up there and be grumpy. By all other accounts, he's a pretty nice guy. Otherwise, yeah. But when he gets in front of the microphone, he has to do his, his thing, and it's, it's getting a little sticky for me. So that one, I was not a big fan of. I want to say. Wouldn't you try to convince yourself that you like the golf course, even if you hate it? And then maybe when you miss the cut and pack your bags on uh, Saturday morning to go back across the pond, you can say that you don't like it. That would make sense, wouldn't it? I mean, he wanted to. <laughs> he did come back and say, "Well, you know, I can still win at a place where I don't, you know, love the golf course, but." You know, yeah, it's like after you miss the cut, then you can blame the golf course. But, it's like you know, when George going into it, 
It's like when George used to go to New York uh, Yankee Stadium, you know, they're throwing batteries at him and whatever. He's like, I freaking love this place. This is my spot. (laughs) (laughs) They're talking about his mom and his grandma. Yeah, but I, I, you know what, I think, I think Brooksy, to your point, Tom, it's his shtick. But I also think it's it's very purposeful, right? I I think it's um, I think it's used to get in the heads of the guys around him, right? I, I, what do you think? Not, I mean, you think yeah. he's whacking yeah, with think people? That, I don't think that that's too far fetched. I, I think that could be possible. I think his getting up there and saying things that are going to be either be unpopular or that are going to go against the grain. Um, you know, it it does. It maybe it gets in the it gets attention. Um, I just don't see that the fact that Brooks doesn't says he doesn't like the golf course is going to have any impact on John Rahm or Rory McIlroy right. or you know you know so yeah I, I don't know. I think sometimes he does stuff that that you say oh this gives him a little bit of an edge or a competitive kind of thing. Um, this one I felt was just kind of like bad manners. It was a little bit of the ugly American. I was like yeah you know you're over there they're 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 bending over backwards to get this tournament in with their COVID situation. Like, you know, just just say something nice. Say you like fish and chips or something. Right. You know? right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Having said that, because we're not going to keep you long because you've got a tea time coming up. What time's your tea time, by the way? Well, in case you haven't heard, folks, I'm standing at the, staring at the National Golf Links of America Clubhouse, which is very exciting. And talking about Links Golf, this is about as close as it gets yes. in America. Uh so I'm seeing off in an hour, and I can't wait. I got the windmill in front of me. I got the clubhouse on my right. This is just uh, what, this is one of the great settings in golf. So I was excited to be able to squeeze in a little time to talk to you guys. Though. Yeah. Sure. You, you better you gonna, find Pat Brooks. Find Pat Brooks today. Uh, Pat Brooks. Just remember one name when Pat you Brooks. walk. I'm going to walk around. You walk around and you ask. Are you Pat Brooks? Are you going to play the other courses up there too, or are you just up there to play the national? You're going to play Sabonic Let's see, what am I doing? I'm bouncing around. I, I played Sleepy Hollow yesterday, which isn't even close. Um, I just drove past Sabonic. I'm going to head down and play St. George's tomorrow, a little hidden gem. And then I got some uh, the creek and uh, piping rocks. So I'm going to go down and do the east end of Long Island after I play here today. So uh, excited about that. How about a little Shinnecock? Oh, the west end. You just squeeze a little Shinnecock in the there? the west end, rather. Well, I'm, you know, I'm going to, of course, I'm going to drive by and ask if they have any lots. But, uh, you know, they're funny about that. Um, they, they, they usually don't. So. All right. Listen, having said that, who's your pick for the uh, for the Open? Uh, I'm going to go with one. Terrell Hatch. Just going a little bit. I just like like his game. Uh, he's been having a good season. I like him and Fitzgerald. Um, or, sorry, Fitzpatrick. Uh, I, I think. And, or Paul Kay. I just think maybe an English player is going to do it. Um, John Rahm. Is this, it's too easy to take the chalk? So, yeah. uh, Terrell Hatton, I'm gonna I'm gonna back. Why not? That's awesome. Well, right. George George took an um, his underdog for the U.S. Open was like Shoffley. No, no, Cantley. Cantley. <laughs> uh, and we had yeah. Harris English on the show. He's just roasting him. He's like, you can't pick a player that's ranked sixth in the world or whatever he is right now. <laughs> but he's hey hey Tom. He's never won a major, so uh, that's why he was my right. dark horse. I agree with that. Fair point. Fair yeah. point. Fair All right. Point. Let, hey, how's how's the book, uh, A Course Called America, going? By the way, um, get out there. And I, I told you last time my favorite was a book called Ireland. It's still on the back of my toilet. 
and and I still get to thumb through it during my uh, reading hour. Um, that is what better place because I, I love to think that my book is there. Oh, it's fantastic! <laughs> well, it's great. I mean, you got you, you listen. The, the the cover's got a golf ball and a drinking pint of Guinness, and so it it starts my day off really happy. That's why I do. There you it. go. So, how's the book going? Yeah, no. I'll tell you what. That, well, thanks to you, you know, friends like you, it has done very well and uh, made the New York Times nonfiction list in the first week, which was really exciting. So we're uh, we got an, we got a bestseller and it keeps it keeps selling. So I hope people keep checking it out and, and, and enjoying it. And get to go play all fifty states from the uh, the comfort of your own living room because uh, I, I I live the adventure for you. So there you go. That is that is Amazing. so awesome. All right, where can people buy it? Anywhere books are sold, your local bookstore, Barnes and Noble, Amazon.com, wherever you like to get your books. All right. <laughs> He's got, I love He's got the stick. <laughs> All right. Well, good. Listen, Ham, so thanks for taking the time. We gave you the last minute shout out last night on Instagram, and you, you responded immediately. And of course, uh, no one knows English, Scottish golf like you. So we needed your pick. We need a little insight. And so uh, we're blessed to have you, my friend. Guys, great talking to you. And okay. enjoy, the, enjoy the greatest week in golf, folks. Pat Brooks. Pat Brooks. Pat Brooks. Go Pat. find him. Pat, where are you? Pat, get over here. <laughs> All right. I'm already, I'm already All, All right. right. Hey, that's Tom Coyne. Check out his books, Course Called Ireland, Course Called Scotland, his recent one, A Course Called America. If you like to feel like you're traveling the globe with a uh, golf bag on your backpack, you're um, – you're going to love this stuff. Uh, it's, it's some of my favorite reading. So, hey, we got a little segment where we talk a little more the open golf after this commercial break. You listen to Sports Radio 810 WHB. Looking for Casey's best and coolest apartment experience? We have it, and it's called the Flats KC. The Flats KC is committed to providing an exemplary living experience by offering the best in-class residential communities in the most sought-after neighborhoods in Kansas City. With a focus on meticulous restoration and renovations of vintage properties, we aim to take the beauty of vintage and seamlessly unite it with modern touches. If you love urban living and are in the market for a freshly renovated apartment, The Flats Kansas City has options to fit every price range. Check us out at theflatskc.com or give us a call today at 816-454-3118. Hey, Brian Sullivan of Golf Underground with my favorite orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kevin Witte from Sano Orthopedics. Hey, Doc, golf season's over. My back is killing me. I know it's football season, so you got a lot of kids coming in, blown ACLs, all sorts of body parts with problems. And then, of course, those baseball players. I know you fix a lot of elbows. Why is Sano Orthopedics the absolute best sports medicine orthopedic group in Kansas City? Well, if you want to see the guys in town who have had the best orthopedic fellowship training in sports medicine, um, including training with Dr. James Andrews and Dr. Larry Lemack, come see us. Uh, we individualize patients' uh, plans to get them back to that activity and that sport that they love. And we actually care and listen to our patients and follow up with them make sure that they're getting the results they need okay and so the three things that separate you number one best training number two you specialize in getting people on that field number three you're actually listen where can i learn more because you got me all in and i don't really want to get fixed but it's time at sonoorthopedics.com 816-525-2840 hi this is george brett hall of fame baseball player and i've been playing golf for over 35 years Hitting the ball far was never my problem, but the closer I got to the greens, that's when my problems began. When I wanted a golf practice area in my backyard, I called Celebrity Greens. They are the industry leader in custom-built synthetic golf greens. These championship-caliber, low-maintenance greens roll great, react like real bent grass, and hold chip shots that check and spin. 
I absolutely love mine, not only in Kansas City, but also in Arizona. Call the pros at Celebrity Greens at 1-888-507-7960 or visit them online at CelebrityGreens.com. Practice like the pros or people like me that want to be pros right in your own backyard. This green land was always fertile with the fresh breath of life and the hunger for it. No wonder the most basic test to body and mind, golf, grew out of this countryside 600 years ago. There's nothing in nature that makes ground hallowed. Human history deems it so. By that standard, there's no place more deserving of the label than this course and the serene Scottish town that surrounds it. Can't you feel it in your bones, my friend? Welcome back. Golf Underground Sports Radio 810 WHB. Uh, we are uh, here. Sully Wardo in George Brett's basement talking about the British Open. And yes, Wardo, I say British Open. Not the Open Championship. They changed the branding a few years ago. Why do you think they did that? Mm, I don't know. To compete with, to not, I don't know. It's a great question. I think they wanted it to be better than the U.S. Open. Like, it's the Open. Yeah, it's the I Open. agree. It's right? kind of like, that sounds right. It's kind of like where Tom Coyne is right now, the Hamptons. <laughs> He's playing the, the National. Yeah. <laughs> Yet again, his life of amazement continues where he just goes from course to course. I mean, I thought we had a pretty good life, but it sounds like his life's pretty dialed. His is really good. He's still doing it. I mean, do you think he shoots his wife up with heroin and just leaves <laughs> her there for a week? Or what's he do? She must. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she uh, must own a little flower shop where she's <laughs> pretty busy. She might be in, at market right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we got a great championship coming up this week. Certainly, it's the Wednesday before tomorrow's uh, Tea times, well, late, I guess early. It comes on at what time in the morning? Geez, that's a great question. With her um, six, uh, seven hours difference, I believe. Boys, six, I'm seeing 12.55 is one of the early tea times here. 12.35. No, Tonight, what time a, does it come on TV? A.M. Um, I don't know. A.M.? Yeah. That's the first tea time. You can get it on TV. You can get A.M. There's even on YouTube TV. I saw you can... Um, they're following key groups. It's just like the Masters, right? Oh, great. So maybe we get up tonight, and maybe you cook some breakfast, and we come on over, George. Huh? I maybe don't think that's going to happen. No, you don't think that'll happen. All right, so, so by the way, George, thank you for having us last week. We had an amazing event, barbecue at George's place. We had Parker McCollum. We had all the crew. Right? We had we, the hooray. Hooray we had show grill. So. All right. Everything we had meet Mitch and meet Mitch and then the, and then the next day we got to go out to Wolf Creek and we had a couple nice foursomes and Wardo you were kind enough to play with me uh, thank you I appreciate that we got to play with Parker McCollum tell me about Parker's game it wasn't very good and he was mildly grumpy and so um, he was my partner and I tried to motivate him a little bit but mm-hmm. you know when you're off the sauce. Um, and uh, and um, uh, THC products and caffeine, it's, it makes for a long day. You know, he was a little nervous, and I asked both both of him and his guest, who's a, the the lead bassist. I said, "Are you more nervous on stage at a big show or on this first tee?" And they said, "The first tee, the first tee, the first tee jitters didn't wear so off." So, tell me about Parker's opening drive. 
Um, it hit the tree just there. The for those of the Wolf, Wolf Creek, Creek, for the listeners that don't know, you're basically hitting out of the parking lot with an amphitheater of of uh, drunk guys around you. His first tee ball hit the left tree, kicked down into the hay. I actually found it, and he chopped it out, and made a nice double. And I looked at him on the fourth tee. I go, beautiful day out here, Parker. Huh? He goes. Yeah, but I, I mean, trip double, double, double start right. isn't the way to do it. Oh, dear. That's <laughs> what he was doing. He was droopy dog all day. Now, we, we had an absolute blast with him. It was so cool. Of course, uh, the group in front of us um, consisted of the very good golfers, including uh, Gary Woodland. And um, so the good news is Gary teed off before Parker had to. Otherwise, he might have just he couldn't have pulled his the club pants. Back. He couldn't have pulled the club <laughs> I don't back. think I could have. Hey, so tell me one thing, Sully. How was Parker's outfit? Were you in awe of his outfit, too, when you saw him on the first tee? God, he's so gorgeous. (laughs) He's so gorgeous. But the only problem, George, is I think he's losing some muscle mass. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I compared him to some of the videos I saw. And, you know, sometimes it's good to keep a distance. Um, He disappointed me a little bit with the... um, physique you know but his voice sounded like an angel at the power light district so so we had an absolute and the blood. concert was good you went oh, to the concert i was, was out of town so i didn't get to do any of that but uh i, so I went a couple of years ago when he was doing that little thing down at uh, what's that called downtown power and light power and light yeah. area yeah i've been there like twice yeah um but i went there and i was amazed at the crowd I was amazed at his music. I was amazed at the way he entertained yeah. and talked to the people. It was really a good show. He is so talented, and you know we got a chance to golf with his bass player, which is your classic bass player. Like when you think of wearing a bass the player, Atlanta Braves hat, wearing the Atlanta Braves hat, just so chill and smiled and was dry. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's kind of cool to golf with guys and then see him on stage. You're like, oh my god! This I don't is, know why we didn't slap cool. a Golf Underground hat on him, but I don't know. Well, I think we talked about it, didn't we? We talked about yeah. it. No action. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So, so anyway, um, thank you, Parker, for, for joining us. All right, so um, now let's get right into the Open Championship. There's some storylines. They're all over the place. Um, and, and I don't want to get to our picks yet, but we will. We already talked a little bit about Brooksy's um, uh, dissing of, of, of the club. Um, but you got also Bryson DeChambeau still. This is, this is still a thing. Who, between those two, who do you think is going to come out ahead, Bryson or Brooksy? Brooksy. I got Brooksy this week. Bryson's been hitting its struggles in that uh, hit and giggle with Phil and the quarterbacks. He hit it everywhere. It was ugly. So I like Brooksy. I think he can fly it a little bit more. Bryson hits it, clearly hoists it. So I got Brooksy. Yeah. Well, and uh, he's got a new caddy. And in fact, um, after the next commercial break, we're going to have Bryson DeChambeau's old caddy. Not the one who was just canned, but the one who um, got canned and then um, got replaced by the guy who got canned. So um, We got who? So we, we, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, we we have uh, Bryson's um, original caddy joining us here after the, the commercial break, George. We you're we, kidding? No, we need to talk about what a our, surprise. Our programs, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so um, you, you you got your your money on um, on uh, Brooksy. All right, Tom was talking about John Rahm, right? He's 26 years old. He definitely separated himself from the pack this year with a win at the U.S. Open. He has nine top tens in 13 tournaments. Um, he'd have another win on his resume if he didn't test positive for COVID-19 at the Memorial. And um, what do you think? What do you think old Johnny Rahm? He's clearly the hottest player in the world right now. I think he's going to play well. He's going to be in the top 10. He will not get a win this week, but he'll be right there knocking on the door. Very definitive. I think it's too hard to win the U.S. Open and then the British Open. It's really hard. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's too hard. 
Yeah, it's no doubt about it. You know, he. I should say the U.S. Open and the Open. It's just right. a, not the, the, the Open Championship. The Open Championship. It's like the Kansas City Country Club. Yeah, yeah. Well, he is coming off a seventh place finish at the Scottish Open, where um, this is kind of goofy. He played the Scottish Open, George, last week. He was ranked number one in the world, and he finished seventh. And Dustin Johnson, who took a week off, took his place as the number one player in the world. What is that all about? Wow. <laughs> what have you that's, done for me lately? <laughs> that's, that's how it is. What, what do you think, right? So um, the thing about Rahm is he can play the courses like Augusta. He can play your traditional American Parkland-type courses. But this guy can play absolutely anywhere, right? And it's interesting to hear what Tom said, how it is a it's a different game, right? You were talking about how you were mm-hmm. up in Chicago. You're running the ball up, the bump and run. And that's what these guys have to do. And I'm always amazed at how English guys, or let's say Rory, who grew up in Lynx Golf, how are they able to come over here and be successful when it would appear to me is a totally different game? Well, first of all, Rory's going to win the event. He's going to come out on top. So Ooh. there's my pick. Really? There's my pick. He missed the cut last week. He got over there early doing some prep. He's going to win. He's just a striker of the golf ball. Obviously, the putter gets balky time to time. Greens are going to be a little slower. I like Rory. Oh, God. How about you, George? I got to see a list of the players. Oh, the way we're going to bring them up. Well, Give me the list. Well, listen, think Let about. Let see your computer there. Th- think about what he did two years ago at Royal, Royal Port Rush, right? He was in his hometown, his home course. The pressure proved too much. He flamed out enormously in that first round. And uh, in fact, that was two years ago, his last opening shot. At an open championship, he piped it out of bounds and uh, got a double bogey. So, so let's hope that doesn't happen. He's still uh, number 11th in the world. He, uh, he came 59th in the Irish Open. He missed the cut last week's Scottish Open. So I don't see him treading uh, the right way, although I do have several bets against buddies who also picked Rory. There you go. He's going to win. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you think that. How about old guys? Let's talk about old guys. We got Ernie Els playing with Gary Woodland, so that'll be Ernie Els is a, in obviously the same group. Yep, ball striker. Um, so it'll be fun to watch him go at it. And, and what was your take? And uh, you got a chance to speak, obviously, with Gary last week. We were sitting around hanging with him. Um, what's his thought going into this thing? Because you know you had all these guys over there playing the Irish Open, the Scottish Open, um, and then you had Gary playing with us. What, what, what do you think the mentality is there? Is it a little bit more get your mind off it? Um, and then just turn the switch right when you get there? Well, I think a little bit of the prep and the travel, right? So, you know, with newborn kids and, and young kids, family, these guys are asked to go over there with no, not be around players during this open championship, even though there's 35,000 fans, um, not be around any outside people, no restaurants, no grocery stores, no gyms, no anything um, for the entire week. And so I think that a lot of guys, you know, have bowed out, Bubba being one of them. Um, so I just think that it's a tough week to get over there, a lot of travel, et cetera. So I think that's why a lot of players, either some handful didn't play or tested positive, quote unquote. Um, so that's my take is just it's a lot it's a lot going on with global travel right now. So, what, what, so what's Woody's itinerary? Does he live alone? Does he get a... He's staying with, with his caddy in a house, no family. He's staying with his caddy in the house, period, the end. And a chef. That's it. Period. The end. And they're not allowed to go out and eat with other players. No. Can't do anything. No. Interesting. Wow. Yet there'll be 35,000 fans that they're allowing 
yep. in, into the open, which is great, right? Because Europe has been a little bit more uh, restrictive than, let's say, South Carolina, right? <laughs> they just don't have enough rednecks over there yep. to uh, say open the doors, right? They're a little proper over there. We must protect our bodies. But they're going to have 35,000 <laughs> drunks running around. Oh, yeah. oh, I mean, they are the most proper uh, drunken idiots. I, I, it's a great place. You know what? In fact, I was thinking of setting up a little tent over there and um, doing a dental clinic. And I'm thinking <laughs> I might be able to absolutely crush it. I like your chances. Cocktails and um, uh, teeth cleaning. Free flossing. Are you going to be Dr. Sullivan or Dr. O'Sullivan? Well, that's a great question. I think I got to go with the O'Sullivan. Yeah. Right? Well, they might throw rocks at me because I'm an Irish Catholic. You know, that is a Protestant land over there. Yeah. You know? Amazing. (laughs) Right. All right. So we were talking a little bit about the old guys. So that's cool that he gets to play with Ernie Els, right? Ernie Els is is officially one of those old guys. Um, But you also have um, guys like Lee Westwood. 48 years old, who I think has a real chance at. He's playing the best golf in years. And, um, you know, you got Ian Poulter. You, you've got uh, you got a lot of guys. Darren Clark. I mean, there's, there's just there's some, some folks who I think might be able to do pretty well because of the wise man thing. Need we look back to when Tom Watson, the old wise man, went over there and um, had it not been for a, um, and, well, it wasn't an Aaron shot, went over the green and um, he <laughs> missed, a missed it. It was a foot. Well, a foot from, oh, from the yeah yeah a foot from the fairway yeah that shot bounced and, and, and that, just rolled over and got on the back edge. Stewart Sink ends up beating him, and I guarantee you, I think I've said this on the show before. Stewart Sink's family was rooting for Tom Watson. <laughs> Did they say that? I think Stewart even wanted Tom Watson to win. Uh, I, <laughs> I know. mean, that would have been the greatest story in uh. golf. Ever. Forget Tiger Woods. Yeah. Tommy Watson winning the Open at age what? What age was he? 61. 59 or 61. I don't think he was 60s yet, was he? I think he was 59. God, it seems like it was two oh years ago, God. and it was long ago. Yeah. Right? And then Phil came in and, and, and did. It was, it was 09. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, again, I think guys like, um, I think uh, some of these old guys actually do have a chance. And, of course, Phil, right? We still have Phil who might be able to do a little little damage over there. Hey, you were talking a little bit about um, a lot of folks bailed out. I believe there were six um, six folks who decided not to play. And uh, let me see here, the list of list of names. It's um, Bubba, Nah. Yeah, yeah. And, and what's interesting, so Bubba says he was exposed to somebody who had it. That is, co- that is code for a wink, wink, I don't want to go play. <laughs> I've played in enough majors. Screw this. I'm out. I'm staying home. I'm watching it Why? Why would you do that? I don't know. Maybe the restrictions. Maybe he has some separation anxiety from his wife. I don't know. Well, I mean, it, listen, it was a couple of weeks ago with the Travelers. He was right in the hunt to the, pine, to the last five, six holes till our boy Harris English got in there and did, a, you know, did his, his damage. I don't know if you... I don't know why you would uh, you would do that, but Kevin Na, on the other hand, just said, "I don't believe in the COVID restrictions. I'm not going." Yep. What's your take on that, George? I'm all for it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So lesson learned. Okay. So hey, let's do this. Let's take. A I co- mean, if, if I had an invitation to go over there and play golf, and I couldn't go out and have dinner, and I could just play golf, and then I'd have to go back to my room, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't yeah. go at all. Really? Yeah, right now, if I had a somebody said, come on, we're going to go over there, we're going to take a G5 over there, we're going to play all these great golf courses, and we're going to fly over there private, and we got great hotels, and but we can't go out and have dinner. All we can do is go to the golf course and go back to your room. I'd say, no, nah, I'm going to pass. That just tells me he's too much of a socialite. <laughs> 
Oh, I, I, you know, you got to go out and live your life. Yeah, yeah. Coming from the reverend over here. Yeah, yeah reverend. I mean, now that you have that certificate, you, you have to change a little bit, George. Okay. Right? Leading up to the September deal. Hey, fi- final note on that is um, um, my inspiration, Matt Wolf, also bailed out in some little... I'm a little upset. What was his reasoning? I don't know. Maybe he pulled a hammy with that golf swing. Not sure, <laughs> right? All right, so hey, let's take a commercial break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about our picks. Put our $20 down on the table, George. You've got your dark horse. Okay. You get your uh, number one pick. I've got mine all set up. Tea to go. Tea is ready to go. We've got tomorrow morning, actually tonight, 1250. Tune in to, um, I don't know, maybe it's on the Golf Channel. We'll find something, but uh, we're going to have a great time doing it. So come on back. Golf Underground, Sports Radio 810, WHB. Hey, Brian Sullivan, Golf Underground, with a little tip for you. If you're looking to buy a new Ford, you have to check out my buddy, Jason Gudenkoff at Lewisburg Ford. They've been saving Midwest Ford buyers thousands of bucks for over 40 years because they do business the right way. They sell everything. Check this out for $50 over invoice. That's simple and cheap. And they win a lot of awards. In fact, they won Ford's President's Award 17 times. That's the top Ford award. And they only give it to dealers with superior customer satisfaction in sales and service. So they know how to take care of customers better than anybody. Now, what these guys know how to do also, keep this in mind, sell trucks. Lewisburg Ford has sold more F-150s than any other Ford dealership in greater Kansas City. That's two years running. And last year, they were the number one F-150 sales leader in the entire state of Kansas. So, no hassle. $50 over invoice pricing, unparalleled customer satisfaction, and a huge selection. That's a perfect recipe for selling trucks. So, check out all their inventory and prices online at lewisburgford.com. Or give them a call at 816-444-2300. New golf clubs, a big screen TV to watch the U.S. Open, Or maybe even a new golf cart that I've got my eye on. No matter how you choose to spend the savings, if you're looking to put a dent in your monthly heating and cooling bills, the answer may be right over your head. If your attic isn't insulated properly, you're missing out on a prime opportunity to cut costs. Call the certified energy experts at Star Companies, Inc., 816-353-2160 for a free estimate to learn how they can help you save money. 816-353-2160 or visit StarCompaniesKC.com. Do you have retirement dreams about perfecting your swing and spending your time on the green? Or maybe you have a bucket list of golf courses you'd like to travel to. Whatever your financial goals are, Mariner Wealth Advisors is your advocate. We take the same care in understanding where you stand today as we do in understanding where you want to be in the future. Then we help you set a personalized plan to help you achieve your long-term vision. Contact Mariner Wealth Advisors today to start your financial planning journey. Visit MarinerWealthAdvisors.com to find a location near you. Mariner Wealth Advisors, otherwise known as MWA, is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. For additional information about MWA, including fees and services, please contact MWA or refer to the disclosures on our website. Please read the disclosure statement carefully before you invest or send money. This advertisement should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities.
Hey, welcome back. Sports Radio 810 WHB in uh, George Brett's basement. Sully, Wardo, and George, we're here to talk about the Open Championship coming up tomorrow. And, um, you know, as I started racking my brain last night thinking about, you know, who are some cool guys that we can get on to talk about the Open? Folks who've got insight that most people don't have. People have a personality, unlike most men. And that's when I thought of the man, Drew Hinesley, who uh, who was on, I don't know, maybe eight, nine months ago. And, um, Drew, you had more stories than any guy. Well, next to Tom Coyne, who we had a, we had a few minutes ago. Um, so uh, maybe tell the folks a little bit about your history in the game of golf, specifically um, working with the likes of Bryson DeChambeau as his caddy, et cetera. Well, Sully, thanks for having me on. Wardo, good to talk to you again. George, good to meet you. I'm kind of hoping the next time we do this, I get the invite to hang out in your basement with you. I mean, why am I, why am I being left out? Done Where are done. you at? Where are you at right now? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a, I'm a direct flight anywhere you need me to go. <laughs> my Perfect. Wife, you know my what? Let's is just in come. Atlanta right now. <laughs> why don't we, let's go to Atlanta and do a show and then go play one of those amazing golf courses down there. Maybe Peachtree. Peachtree. Peach maybe I can get you set up at Eastlake since I'm an employee there. I love that. Ooh. It's a great track. Yeah. You know, got all the grandstands up for hopefully a fully attended tour championship for the first time in two years, which is coming up very shortly. Oh, when yeah, geez. The, the weekend before Labor Day, correct? Uh, yeah, September second to fifth, I think, are the dates. And uh, if you're going to get it now, now's the time. The rough hasn't quite started to come up. The tournament length greens still have a little moisture in them. They hadn't quite started to dial it up for the tournament just yet. So. Maybe if you guys want to, just get a quick Delta direct flight to Atlanta, and I'll see you later this afternoon. Ooh. Perfect. Now, George, is, uh, he just does uh, net jets, so he's spoiled. We're, we'll take a G650. Well, you, guys, you, guys land, you guys land at PDK and get you that executive limo. You're 20 minutes away from Eastlake. Done and done. Yeah. In. Is that Labor Day weekend? That's the weekend before, I believe. I don't know. Yeah, it might be the weekend before. It was Labor Day weekend last year. Usually on Labor Day, it's a Monday finish. I think this year it's a Sunday finish on the fifth. All right, wonderful. Let's let's think about it because I owe a buddy a trip to um, to Atlanta. So he's up at the TPC up there. Um, what what is it? TPC at Sugar Sugarloaf Sugarloaf? Sugarloaf. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I'm supposed to go up there. All right. So so listen, g- give the folks a little bit about your history uh, with the PGA and um, and what you're doing with CBS. Well, I've been a tour caddy for a part of a, at least 11 years on tour. Um, the last four years, I've been working for NBC doing yardages and relaying information from the players and caddies to on-air talent. Uh, my assignment recently has been with Bones. Bones and I have been working together for the last year and a half. I'm not with him this week. I had an opportunity to go over to St. George with him, but I am actually going to Tokyo uh, on the 25th of July, so... And as soon as I land from Tokyo after two weeks there, I'm going to the U.S. Amateur at Oakmont to work also for NBC. So I didn't want to add a fourth week out of five away from the wife and the kids. And with so many travel restrictions, as we're hearing about over there in the U.K., I just wasn't sure I wanted to roll the dice, get COVID there, even though I'm vaccinated, test positive, and not be able to go to Tokyo. So I played it safe, stayed away from the Open Championship this year. I'll be there next year when the 150th is at San Andrews. So I'm really already looking forward to that. But uh, I'm pumped up like you guys are for the Open Championship. Kind of excited. I get to watch it for the, from the comfort of my couch instead of out there in the rain and the wind with all the other fellas. 
Wow. Amazing. Well, you know what's really cool about following your Instagram account? I always look forward to seeing the caddy book, the um, the undulations of the green, and the you know all the data that you have in in just through your years of of being a caddy. Um, I mean, it's really cool insight. Check them out, Drew Hinesley on Instagram, probably other social media as well. Do, do you have something like that for for uh, St. George's? I don't have the book for St. George. I've been there. I've stayed there, but I don't have the, um, as they call it over there, the stroke saver, the yardage book that the guys will be using this week. So I won't be posting anything on my account for that. But um, but I know the course really well. Um, I know which way the wind's going to be blowing, and I can kind of take you through some of the shots they're going to hit and, and maybe some of the places where you might see somebody get as upset as George did on July 24th, 1983. <laughs> How did you know that? I'm a baseball fan, buddy, and we oh, actually share a birthday. We share a oh, birthday on May 6th. No, I'm May 15th. Are you May 15th? Willie yeah. Mays is May 6th. Oh, okay. <laughs> Same thing. Well, that's not I'm May 7th. <laughs> that's Drew, not you're bad. May 6th? <laughs> May 6th. I'm May 7th. So, Drew, you used to caddy for Bryson. Who else did you caddy for? Caddy for Stuart Sink, who um, Jeez. Just, you throw out a third round 77 in 2011 at St. George, and maybe he has two claret jugs instead of just the one. He um, And he's a real good pick for me to play well this week in a good place in his head. His son Reagan's on the back. Um, I'm so happy for the both of them. Stuart's been a friend for a long time. Also caddy for Brendan Todd, another guy that might do well this week. One of the best putters I've ever been around. Probably the two best putters I've ever been around personally and been around a lot. I've been around Tiger a little bit, but never been around him enough to put him ahead of Aaron Badley and Brendan Todd as the best putters I've ever been around. Brendan Todd, another Georgia Bulldog. We just had Harris English on the show recently after his victory. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, Harris is a good dude. His caddy, Eric Larson, is a good dude. Great story by Eric Larson. If you've never had him on the show, get him on the show. He'll uh, he'll wow you with some of the things he's been through in life. All right, so in our last show, we talked a little bit about your time with, with Bryson. You kind of got him early, right? So you got to you got to see a real growth spurt in, in his game. Um, surprisingly, the uh, world number six, Bryson, he split with longtime caddy Tim Tucker. And he's coming off a miscut at the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit. Um, why do you think that happened? It uh, well, I don't know. I wasn't there. Um, I just know that it's a very stressful job on, on every level you could imagine. The time you have to spend, the intensity, um, the things you have to do—it's just unlike any other player. Um, it's it's just a lot. I know Tim um, was you know, starting to think about doing some other things in business, um, doing something out at Bandon Dunes with a luxury car service. Um, so he was starting to turn his attention to things like that. And maybe he was thinking it was um, time to hang it up. Um, I, you know, I've seen him wearing knee braces in the past and it's, it's a tough job physically on you. And maybe he was just at a point in his life where it was a weird time to do it the Wednesday before a tournament round where your guy is the defending champ. So, I'm sure something happened to accelerate that, uh, that time frame in everybody's mind. I think it did take everybody by surprise, no matter what that team says. But um, I think uh, Ben Showman did a great job filling in, albeit with a missed cut. But, you know, he wasn't expecting to do that. I think he was already up in northern Michigan Wednesday night visiting friends when he got the call to drive back down south 
to uh, to Detroit for the for the tournament Thursday morning. So there was a lot of wheels in motion there, and so you can't blame Ben you, for ben, uh, maybe a little bit of a disorganized approach by Bryson that week. Ben looked a little more nervous than any player I've ever seen in a golf tournament during that uh, the, that short two day stint up in Detroit. It's um you know people ask me all the time, well, how different is it from caddying for other players? It's it really is. It's it's like you're on a different planet with this guy. He's there's things that people just don't know. He, Bryson has sensitive teeth, so he cannot drink cold water. So you're always you always have four different levels of water temperature bottles of water in the bag. So there's always at least four bottles of water in the bag. You're always kind of getting them to room temperature as best you can, so you don't upset his teeth when he takes a drink of water. That's just one thing you're thinking about amongst many, many others with all his systems and all his processes. You have charts upon charts. I mean, you carry about three or four different laminated charts for different things in your yardage book. It's a very busy place in your yardage book and also in your mind. And you've got to be ready with any answer. His tolerance for mistakes is zero uh, from himself and from others. So it is a lot of pressure. There's no net, and if you fall, there's nobody picking you up. You're going to get roasted by him out on the golf course. That's not a fun place to be much, either. I've been there. How much is he doing um, in terms of calling when you worked for him, calling in you on for green reading, et cetera, or is he doing a lot of that on his own? Obviously, he's got charts on charts on charts, but what's Yeah, that I mean, like? I was in on every putt. Um, at least you're paying attention on every putt. And, again, he is he's just a different personality. It's not good or bad. He's just different. And I'll give you an example. He called me in on the first hole at Quail Hollow, and um, we read the putt, splash down from 20 feet. I go get behind him on the second green because I'm like, hey, you know, it worked back there. We'll keep doing it. He turns around and goes, what are you doing? Get out of here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, gotcha. You know, just, just kind of – but you just – from one hole to the next, you're not sure who you're dealing with personality-wise. It is unbelievable the pins and needles that you have to be on, and you really have to be a strong personality. To be able to take that and have some thick skin. And, you know, I know George can probably relate. He's had some coaches that are rough or teammates that are psychopaths in the locker room before they go out for a start. You just know to leave them alone. You don't have that option with Bryson. You can't just leave him alone for four innings. You've got to go interact with him every single shot, no matter what kind of mood he's in. And so if you don't have a thick skin and you're not confident in your own abilities, you're not going to last very long. And that's what worries me about this new thing with Brian Ziegler who is the assistant to his assistant golf coach. I mean, this, this guy, you, Sully, and Wardo, and George, you guys have more professional golf experience than the guy that's getting ready to carry a bag for the number six-ranked player in the world at the Open Championship at what I think is the hardest open venue for players and caddies to work together as a team. Oh, because absolutely. it's not like St. Andrews where you have the town and you have the red building and you have the RNA building you can use as, as landmarks. You can go over the old course hotel or one of the O's in the in the wording there on the 17th tee. You have those landmarks. St. George, you don't have that. There is a lot of blind shots to some areas where you're hitting it one way, but the, the kicks go left and right 90 degrees. And so there's going to be a lot of awkwardness from the best players in caddy tandems out there, much less a guy who's never even caddied in a club championship much less the open championship. Yeah, well, and it, so that caddy, Brian Ziegler, was uh, dubbed his uh, Bryson's motivator and, and hype man. 
and and during his, his speed training, right? We talked about how Bryson does speed training and he swings the club as fast as he can. And 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 is this true that he was sort of let's go, Bryson? You, you know, his his Hulk Hogan motivator. And for some reason, DeChambeau thinks that that's what he needs more than someone to help him analyze something, right? I mean, is, is there some truth to that? He, need, what he needs... He... I mean, I think all that is accurate. I've seen the same things. Again, I, I wasn't in those sessions. I have never actually met uh, Brian Ziegler, but I've seen what you guys have seen, and um, I think it's a mistake personally, but they don't pay me anymore to make decisions for them, so they're not going to listen to what I say, but I don't think, again, if you play... 25 events a year as a top player. Um, this would be 25 out of 25 of the, the places I would not want someone to work for their first event ever. Yeah. There are other events that are a little bit easier visually um, where you know, there's not so many blind shots. There's not so many elements that really affect every single shot. You know, you can go to a Muirfield Village in, in Ohio. You can go to an East Lake, which is pretty much what you see is what you get. That Those are okay want to break somebody in even at a big event but uh, this is the last place I would want any sort of rookie on any level as part of my team and this is the only guy that's going to be able to impart information to him and I promise you and George you know this your first major league game I mean it's going 90 miles an hour everywhere <laughs> and it just it, as, as you hear people say all the time it takes a while for the game to slow down how fast do you think the world's going to be moving for this kid tomorrow morning Ugh, it's going to be brutal, and we haven't made our picks yet for this week's Open. But I know one thing. I'm not picking Bryson. <laughs> well, you <laughs> might get that. some good odds on the number six player. You might get good odds on the number six player in the world to miss the cut. Ooh, gosh, we're really down on him. <laughs> he's, he's got a rookie caddy. He, I think he's won four in his history with an experienced tour caddy who has a major championship by his side. So he's only making the cut 25% of the time with a major champion in caddy carrying the bag. How do you think he's going to do with a rookie at a golf course that neither one of them know very well? Yeah, that's true. I think, you know, instead of Brian Ziegler, it sounds like he needed Zig Ziegler. He just needs a little motivator, (laughs) for Christ's sakes. It sounds like he needed George Brett. George Brett has one caddy victory under caddying for Larry Ziegler. On the PGA Tour the champions. On the PGA Tour champions. I caddied for you twi- three times now. I've caddied for Kevin. I caddied for him in a local tournament we have here called the Watson Challenge. And all I did is whenever he hit a good shot, I'd say, good shot, pro. <laughs> good shot, pro. Perfect. Perfect. You know? And I remember caddying for Larry Ziegler the, the year he won the senior championship in Kansas City. The first round, he hits a ball right down the middle of fairway. And I said, great shot, pro. And he said, I pulled it. <laughs> and the next shot he hits about 15 feet right of the stick and and pin high and i go great shot pro and he said i pushed it <laughs> and then two guys get up and they make a 20 footer to 22 footer and he this is the first hole of 54 holes and larry misses and this is the first hole he says see that's why i can't win out here and i said listen larry i'm not riding in the cart like all these other caddies i'm walking with you side by side this whole tournament i want you to give me a freaking effort and he ended up winning. So it was great. It was great. We had a wonderful time. You know, George, that story right there, that's enough validation for me. I'm going to forge you 
Bryson's contact information. You've got the NetJet hookup. I say you get the fuel in it's that wheels plane. Up. It's wheels up, not it's, NetJet. Okay, wheels up. Excuse me. Don't want to upset Let's the CBS to NBC. Let's hope it's not a King Air. The King Air is not going to get there. Well, let's, let's call wheels up. Let's start fuel in the jet. I think you could land at Gatwick, which is what? About an hour and a half away from St. George's. Your name is George. I mean, the stars aligning. I think you could go out there tomorrow and get the job done. And here's a little tidbit for you guys that want to gamble a little bit. The last two open championships have played the first and second round with Brendan Grace. Jordan Spieth and Bryson are going to be joined by Brendan Grace the next two days. Ooh. Which, by the way, I have a trivia question for you. Drew, who holds the record for the lowest 18-hole score in the British Open? Tiger Woods. Brandon Grace. Brandon Grace, 62. Yeah, ah, I was going to give you a few <laughs> options, too. I mean, come on, I teed you up right after you brought his name up. I thought you were better than that, Drew. What a bogey that was. Wow. Uh, Mace, I had that. uh, That was pretty quick work. I was thinking on picking Lee Westwood as my go-to guy, but I might have to pick this other guy. Oh, well, we're going to have... You heard it here right first... In the earlier segment, Rory McIlroy is going to win the championship. He's been in a little drought, but he got over there early. Clearly had plenty of time to play it. Every every win direction, lots of practice rounds. So are you saying we're doing our picks right now? Yes. Oh, okay. So who do you like? Um, Who do I like? I I think the best golfer in the world is always a good guy to bet on. And you're getting better odds on DJ this week at 22 to 1 than you are on Jordan Spieth, who's 23 in the world at 20 to 1. So value-wise, why not take the best guy on the planet? Yes, Who so. came in second the last time an Open was staged there? Yeah. I mean, you're never going to go wrong. So he knows the course. He knows the course. He, um, you know, he, he sliced one out of bounds on the par 5 14th hole, which made Darren Clark's lead go from 2 to 4, which allowed him the cushion to kind of cruise in, go bogey-bogey and still get Claret Judge. So if DJ, who's sitting in the middle of a par-5 fairway, does what he normally does, and maybe puts one on the green, no stress, two putt, he knocks the lead down to one, and maybe it's a whole different story coming down the stretch. So that one swing on the 14th hole changed the whole complexion of that event. He, he was the 54-hole leader. He was in the hunt. He finished second with Phil Mickelson last time it was there. And now he's the best player in the world by the rankings. So I don't see any reason to go away from that. I picked him at the Masters last year. I'm going to stick with DJ. Ooh, okay, good call. So Harris English has been on a recent heater. How do you think he'll play this week? I, I've got Harris English actually in a, in a pool with some other guys. I think he's going to do really well. You're getting him at 60-1 to 1 odds as the 12th-ranked player in the world, which is a really, really good value bet for a guy like Harris English. Yeah, I, and Harris isn't known for being a bomber. He's known for his accuracy. And I think this week, more than any other at the Open, it rewards accuracy. Guys like Colin Morikawa, who leads in strokes gained approach. The guys that are the best at putting the, the ball in the middle of the club face consistently, I don't care whether it's no wind or it's 20 miles an hour, those are the guys you got to lean to. So Morikawa, a Paul Casey, a Russell Henley, a, you know, a John Rahm who's sixth on that list. Those are the kind of guys I think you're going to see all weekend. Hmm. And, and you know what, uh, Bordo? After Harris English's new branding, remember? Because he, 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 hey, we had him on a couple of weeks ago, and we said you need a shtick. You know, you're just you're, you got to come up with something. So I was on the phone with him last night. 
He's going to come in with a Flava Flav, like dollar a bill gold chain. Gold chain cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> Hat on sideways. And the first thing he's going to say in the first tee box is, bitches! Something like that, right? I mean, so we were practicing. We role played. And so I like his chances. I'm with, I'm with you, Drew. I, he, I like his chances too, but I don't like his chances of the gold chain. That's for Gary well, Redland only. <laughs> yeah, I'm not worried about the gold chain. What I am worried about is Harris English is fifth in scrambling, which is always important at the Open. Ooh, so God. he's got all the stats. Those, those things like me. The, hey, Drew. It's kind of my job, guys. Good. Drew, you should have a microphone in your hand. He does. He's got a podcast. Tell him about the no, podcast. No, I want a microphone when during these golf broadcasts, rather than just well, running course, back you, and forth, running back and forth, more. trying to find trying to find the yardage or whatever, and then giving a signal to Colt Nose to what iron he's hitting or how far he's out. I mean, you should be in the booth. You're, you are full of insight. Well, George, you have a tad bit more pull in the sports world and also the sports broadcasting world than I do. So I'll let you be my cheerleader, and when that happens, how like, about if I'm agent, your agent? I'll give you a nice little... I'll give you a nice little finder's fee. How about that? I, I will I'll be give your you agent. Tommy Roy's number. I'll give you Tommy Roy's number and you can, or Jim Nance's number at CBS and you can, you can be my cheerleader. How's that? Why don't the, all perfect. four of us go play golf and we'll figure it out. Sully, you can bag it. Let's, let's go. Wheels up. Wheels AC up. to Atlanta. Let's do it. I love it. About an hour and a half flight. Let's go. Yeah. I think you're, so you're taking Bones's job. All right. Bones is doing the running. That's it. Or maybe Dottie. Let's get well, rid of Dottie. Put in Drew. What do you no, say? I'm not taking Bones' job. Bones is doing a fantastic he is job. Good. I actually will switch back and forth sometimes from my channel with my producer to the broadcast because I kind of want to know what Bones is saying, how, you know, the information if, that I give him is it getting to the air. And um, he does exactly what you're supposed to do. And I think you guys would agree. The whole point of the on course reporter is to bring something to the broadcast that the viewers cannot see or hear themselves. And Bones does a great job of adding that element that you can't see through the lens of the camera. And that's why I think he's so good. Yeah, that's, that's what, awesome. What are your thoughts on, don't you think for the on-course reporters, they should do more camera or bring a little, bring a little uh, picture in the corner of the screen so when Bones or Colt or Dottie is talking, you can kind of see him milling around, or you think that's one, one more person to pay in terms of overhead? I mean, I don't think it would change our dynamic in our TV compound of who we have. We have a, a lot of cameras out with every group. I think the question that the directors and, and the people like Molly Solomon, that they decide is, would you rather see Bones standing there with all his gear on, or would you rather see the, the parasailers on the cliffs of Torrey Pines? <laughs> what would you rather see? What's more visually appealing? And I would say it's the parasailers. Well, I don't know. Some of our some of our friends of the golf underground really have a crush on Dottie Pepper, so okay, I think it's a right. toss up. <laughs> okay, Drew, changing subjects. What's the greatest shot you've ever seen? Greatest shot I've ever seen. Um, well, that's a great question, um, man. Greatest shot I've ever seen. Um, I wasn't ready it for that. It doesn't. I, it doesn't have to be from your guy. It could be a guy that was in your group. Yeah, I mean, the greatest shot I've ever seen. I've seen some good ones. On it, the most recent greatest shot, um, probably two tied for the lead. JT second shot, sixteen at Sawgrass, where he hit a um, high cut five wood 
to a position that was probably 20 yards shorter than his five would normally go, which showed a lot of control. And he's, he's working at left to right where all the trouble is, right? Right of that hole. And then the other one was probably Colin Morikawa hitting a five iron into a left to right breeze, drew it up against it, held it perfectly, um, almost like video game golf. Those two shots that I've seen just in the past year, I, those come top to mind. But, yeah, George, I'd have to go back in my banks a little bit and come back to you later for the best one. But those are the two most recent where, I mean, one of them, the Justin Thomas shot, I actually caught eyes with bones, and we looked at each other with our eyes big like, how good was that under the circumstances? <laughs> uh, it was amazing. And, and, you know, that's one thing I get that nobody at home gets. Is I get to see the reaction of bones and Noda, who I work with a lot as well. And when somebody hits a shot, I mean, Sergio hit a shot, couple of years ago and noticed that boy that is one ball striking son of a gun i mean it, you just heard it coming through the air like a like a came out of a shotgun it was awesome and it's awesome to watch people like that react to really great stuff out of the golf course that's awesome all right so drew you're you're getting back on the road here shortly um and now that you've lathered up the listener this is being your second time where can people follow your podcast and follow you on social media yeah, you guys kind of warmed up my pipes. As soon as I get done with you guys, I'm going to do my own open championship preview on my podcast called My Side of the Bag. A view of the world of golf from my side of the bag. And you can find it at My Side of the Bag on all the listening platforms. You can find me on social media at Drew Hinesley. That's at D-R-E-W-H-I-N-E-S-L-E-Y. Find me, reach out to me. I'd love to have a chat with you. And my schedule is pretty easy to figure out if you do follow me on social media. And if I'm in your town, come out and say hello, just like Sully did out in Phoenix. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, Drew, you're a friend of the show, and um, we'll hit you up here in a, uh, a month or two just to, um, I don't know, just to get more of you. We need more of Drew. Okay. <laughs> George is a fan. All right. Hey, maybe you'll even have George on the uh, My Side of the Bag podcast. Huh? Okay, I just that pulled it up. Who's like Matt? Plan to me. Who is Matt Janella? He's on Golf Channel. Who is Matt? Who is, he was oh, formerly Gino, with Golf You Channel. had Gino Benelli. He's uh he's uh my guy's caddy. Caddy, yeah. He's uh what's his Joel. name? Joel. Joel. Joel, Joel oh, Damon. I, I love yeah. Joel Damon. Yeah. <laughs> you so do. Do I. Joel he's Damon. A great I guy. do. US <laughs> hey Drew, you preview, I've never Jack seen him back. get I've never seen him get on social media ever. So there you go. You've prompted him to get on his Instagram account. George is on social media because of me. Well, I don't know. Well, he's got uh, his no, phone I, out. I, I just pulled up your uh, your podcast, and I walk my dog three to four miles every day, and I listen to podcasts. So I'll be listening to you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm about to, I'm about to drop another episode, so maybe before you guys do your pick, you put the pause button on this episode. Who, listen who is, to mine later today. Maybe I inform you. <laughs> oh, so Matt Matt at Chef at Chats. Matt Ackett, he was Rocco Media's caddy in 2008 at Torrey Pines against Tiger Woods. Now he's out on tour with Chase Seifert, kid out of Florida State who played with Daniel Berger and Brooks Kepka. He uh, Chase was actually in the hunt a little bit last week at the John Deere before fading down the stretch. But that's who Matt's with now. Matt's a great guy, great friend. Um, so he's on the. He's been on the show a lot. But uh, maybe we got a line. Maybe we got a line of George Brett. Yeah, line um, of George Brett. Line him up. Yeah, I'll do your show any day of the week. Yep. He's a pro, what? Drew. He's an absolute pro. Get my number from Sully, and, and, and if you want me on, I'll be happy to do it. Well, I like that. I might have to have all three of you on because 
you guys are a lot of fun to talk to, and I could just ask a couple questions and let you guys give me about an hour of content. Oh, let's go. <laughs> let's go. All right, well, good. It. All right, so, Drew, safe travels, and um, enjoy watching this weekend, and I uh, hope you have a great time with that lovely family of yours because I, I, I love following that journey too, which is the most important thing of all. So, uh, Drew Hinesley, check him out. Check out his podcast. If you like entertainment, want to learn something you couldn't learn, even on the Golf Underground, you got to go to Drew Hinesley and check, check out his stuff. All right, so, hey, we're going to come back after the short commercial break with the final picks. And, uh, you know, you've already given it away a little bit, George. We don't know your picks yet. I'm about to give mine, and I hope you're having fun. It's open week on the Golf Underground Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hey, Brian Sullivan here, and I've got a tip for you. You've got to head to Unforked. It's an amazing restaurant. What I like about these guys is they promise to buy and support seasonal local ingredients first. And I love the fact that they source from smaller, family, GAP-certified, or organic farms, prime-going regions, artists and producers. All I'm getting at is, if you like fresh stuff, Unforked is the place to be. And like they say it, fork or no fork, you can be sure you're getting the highest quality, socially responsible ingredients possible. And not to mention, it's delicious. So whether you're out south or downtown, stop by Unforked for a delicious and healthy meal. Sheridan's Unforked, honest, clean food. Cowell Insurance Services is your leading program administrator for workers' compensation. They're dedicated to meeting the unique challenges of the insurance industry and assisting employers in reducing their costs. CIS has provided insurance claim and loss control services to various industries, including trucking, construction, retail convenience stores, and healthcare, as well as public entities for over 30 years. They work with both retail agents and industry clients, or a combination of the two. If you're tired of fighting the rising costs of premiums and claims, give Cowell Insurance Services a call. Their dedicated staff is ready to find you the best insurance option at the most competitive price. They can help to define or enhance your safety program in order to move you in the right direction in reducing your claim and premium costs. Contact Cowell Insurance Services today, 816-214-4070. Hey, Brian Sullivan from the Golf Underground here with a little good news. And that good news is that even double-digit handicappers like me can occasionally make a double eagle. All right, maybe not on a golf course, but even guys like me can score when buying a new car or truck. I'm talking about two stores, two brothers, and four generations, treating customers just like family. I'm talking about our buddies at Bobsite Ford and Bobsite Independence Kia. With these guys, you'll always score two under, with double the inventory and double the customer satisfaction. That's the Bobsite Double Eagle. Now, Bobsite offers a wide selection of vehicles and promise to make the car buying process as quick and as hassle-free as possible. Now, whether you have poor credit, no credit, or maybe a first-time car buyer, you can trust Bobsite Ford and Bobsite Independence Kia will get you into the car or truck you choose with professionalism and attention to your needs. So go visit our buddies at bobsite.com, but only if you're looking for a vehicle that makes you feel like a U.S. Open champion. Welcome back, Golf Underground. Sports Radio 810 WHB. Wardo, Sully, George Betts, Basement. We're having a great time talking about the Open Championship coming up tomorrow. So um, prepare your couch. Get the six-pack of uh, Trulies ready because uh, we're going to have a great time. All right, so um, we had, hey, two good guests uh, today, uh, Tom Coyne. and Drew was uh, unbelievable. He's sharp, isn't he? Oh, my gosh. He was unbelievable. He, so, sh- he should have a microphone in his hand. 
Well, and he, you know, he does his, his own podcast, but he also. I'm going to be listening tomorrow. He's smart. Yeah. I'm telling he you. He's smart. Wait till you see his um, his Instagram and you see. I don't do it. So I don't know how to do that. Well, well, well we got to get your Instagram going. No, well, you see these pictures of the yardage books and all. The, I mean, he's got insight. Oh, I'd love to that, see that. that. You and I would. Pull I mean, one up, Wardo, right now. I, I, I'd go Can blind. pull it up? All right, well let's hey let's um, let's do our pick. So um, Wardo, you teased us a little bit with your picks. Uh, you, you, would you like to validate it because we're going to do the um, you know our our major championship bet. So um, I'm going to give two? you three picks because the in the open championship, a little trivia: if there is a tie at the end of regulation they or at the end of holes. 72, they play three holes. Okay, three hole aggregate. Okay. So I'm going to give you three players right here. We're going to go. Rory McIlroy, like I've alluded to. We're going to go Harris English. She's going to continue that heater. And I'm going to throw in Dustin Johnson after a little education from our good friend Drew Hinesley. You got three picks? Yeah. That's what we just said. So can I pick anybody you picked or I can't? Uh, Sure. You can do whatever you want. Well, I'm going to go that one guy. What did he say his name was? Brendan Todd or Brendan Grace? Brendan Grace. 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 I'm going to take him. Okay. I'm going to take DJ. And on this one, I'm betting with my brain, not my heart. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I'm going to pick Gary Woodland. <laughs> ah, yeah. I got to pick Every Gary. major, you got to. You got to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm and, going- that's, and that's actually with my brain and not my heart. Ooh, tell me why. Why are you feeling it? Well, he's like, uh, he's going to be no distractions. He's just going to be with his caddy. He can't go out. Yeah. And um, I think he's focused. I think he's tired of not being in contention and he's going to be able to channel his efforts slow the game down a little bit and just be gary woodland again it'd be nice to have him back in that top five he played he played well in the pga so um, um I, I, it's not a bad pick of course um george i'm gonna go with the pick that i went with last time again this is darius rucker's uh, favorite pick um we're going with the one and only tommy fleetwood englishman Right, he's over there. He's used to that golf. His hair is going to be flowing in the wind, and then why wouldn't you pick him? And then um, the old man Lee Westwood. So I'm going to go with Lee Westwood, and I had to go with Harris English just because he was on the program. We really liked him. I think those are three good picks. Right, love it. How much we got on this? Uh, we're going to go Hundies. Hundies. Yeah. Okay. All right. Top top player. Top player. Or we can do it. We can do aggregate. Let's do aggregate of the top three. Okay. What, right. what happens if one of your guys misses a cut? Um, you got to give everyone a hundy. Oh, geez. well. What happens if everybody has one guy miss the putt? You still have to cut. average the average of the three. Yes, average so the average of the three. three. So, so you add up what their total is. You add up what their I total. Add the total. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's not the. Just average. let me know what I owe. Add Perfect. Okay, good. All right, boys. So I'm excited. You got big plans for um, for this weekend? Um, no, you got. Going to watch it. Going to come over to George's. Going to drink all his beer. All right. Jesus, we did that last Good week. Good luck. All right, well, <laughs> hey, I hope you uh, hope you enjoyed the program with Tom Coyne and Drew Hinesley. Uh, be sure to check out their stuff. Remember, A Course Called America is Tom Coyne's latest book. And again, if you like stories and uh, you want to feel like you're traveling Scotland, Ireland, uh, and America, no one is better than Tom Coyne as an author. And then uh, Drew Hinesley just knows more. Than, than most people in the game of golf. Two really, really good fouls. So um, enjoy your time on the couch. We will see you next week with some more amazing guests on the Golf Underground. Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm waking up to ash and dust. I wipe my brow and I sweat my rust. I'm breathing in the chemicals.